And suddenly, a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him. Lord, save us. We perish. Why are you fearful? Oh, you of little faith. Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was a great calm. So the men marveled. Who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Wherever you're at in the world, I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side. Because they are the host with the most, they are in charge. They are at the captain's chair, and therefore they are at the wheel. And they are steering this ship through these crazy waters that we call life. So welcome to His Hard Line for episode 496. We'll be doing a reading out of Genesis chapter 25 with a little bit of a summary. And then... um, and then we'll get maybe into a couple little talks, probably a little bit about um, Trump's speech yesterday in Waco. Um, like I said, this will be a one show type of show today. Nothing too crazy. No real agenda. Tomorrow we'll resume uh, normal schedule at 7 p.m. in the evening with the Bible reading. And then um, if we don't go to the gym tomorrow, I'm not sure if we're going to go to the pool tomorrow. I should say the pool, not the gym. I don't want to make it seem like I'm a gym rat, but the pool. Um Tomorrow may or may not be a one show day as well. It just depends because, like I said, sometimes when we go to the pool, we tend to get back a little late. It just depends on when the kid, you know, when we can get our kid out of the pool. So it is Sunday. Happy Sunday, March 26, 2023. Man, time is just passing us by very quickly. I mean, we're almost into April. That is really crazy. That is really, really crazy. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're already almost through the first quarter of 2023. And, you know, <laughs> before you know it, we're going to be celebrating, you know, Independence Day. Next thing you know, it'll be Halloween. And then we'll be back into Christmas again and back to snow. It's like boom, 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 very quickly. Holy cow, I tell you. Oh, 
I know my daughter's probably yelling at me right now upstairs. See, we have this thing in our house. Anytime I say like, holy cow or holy smokes or anything like that, my wife has taught our daughter that the only thing that we say holy to is holy Lord or like, you know, holy is only reserved for Jesus. So anytime I say like, holy smokes or holy cats or holy cow, my daughter's like, holy, you shouldn't be saying that. <laughs> so. I can almost hear her yelling at me right now. So anyway, um, what we are going to be doing, we're going to do the reading real quick. And uh, well, I don't want to say real quick. We're going to do the reading first. But before we do the reading, hold on. I did find a dad joke today. Let me pull it up real quick. I pulled it up from, again, Logan Isle on TikTok. Let's see if I can find it real quick. I'm a bit unorganized this morning, but that's okay. Here it is. I got fired from the bank today. A woman asked me to check her balance, so I pushed her. <laughs> I wouldn't worry about your smartphone or your TV spying on you. It's that vacuum cleaner has been gathering dirt on you for years. <laughs> Just seen a burglar kicking in his own door. He must have been working from home. A friend of mine got kidnapped by a group of mimes. They did unspeakable things to him. <laughs> Stupid. I started telling everybody about the benefits of eating dry grapes. It's about raising awareness. Did you know that carrots make great detectives? They always get down to the root of the problem. I have a bunch of jokes about unemployed people, but unfortunately, none of them seem to work. <laughs> I've been trying to come up with good jokes about airplanes, but I can't get any of them to land correctly. Oh my gosh. I tell you, these guys are great. These, these guys really are great. I mean, some of their jokes are just straight up stupid, but I guess that's the whole purpose of dad jokes. You know what I mean? I mean, but these guys, they, they are funny. I, you know what makes these guys great? Here's what makes these people so great. These guys, when they tell their dad jokes, First off, one of the main guys that's usually on these TikTok videos doing these dad jokes, they have this obnoxious, large, like oversized glasses. Like they almost look like ro robo glasses. You know what I'm talking about? Like they're, it's like a new trend now. You can find them everywhere. I mean, they're just obnoxiously big with this crazy rainbow like reflective film on it. And they're just so stupid looking, but it's just funny because the one guy's wearing them and their facial features when they do these jokes. I mean, it's just funny watching their jokes as they pan the camera scenes from one guy to the next. Their their uh, their reactions are just so funny. Their facial reactions. It's just like, you know, I don't know. It's just you have to watch it. You just have to watch it. It's just comical. <clears throat> anyway, <clears throat> excuse me. I do apologize for being about five minutes late. I was upstairs eating uh, a cinnamon roll before I came down. I was like, ooh, I'm like, they just came right out of the oven. And I can't turn down a cinnamon roll that just freshly came out of the oven. They're from Annie's, the, the brand Annie's, I guess. And man, was it good. So uh, I'm going to be a fat kid here in a little bit when I go back upstairs. But anyway, so just a quick good morning to all the regular listeners that come here in the morning. Um, we got Coastal Runner, that would be a.k.a. Mom, Nancy S., my wife, Katie, and then, of course, we have our favorite California listener, Rietta, and 
I don't know if Donnie's up. He might be, if he's smart, he's still sleeping, but I will always include Donnie. That's her husband. Um, and say howdy to him. But yeah, Donnie, he's probably, yep. She, she says, Nope, he's sleeping. Well, he's a smart man. <laughs> he's a smart man. Indeed. Let me take a sip of coffee real quick. Oh, that's good coffee. So we have this local coffee company. I know I've talked about them before. I should have them as a sponsor, but it is called Magnum Coffee. It is really good. Oh, man, is it so good. It's local, too. I love driving past there with my semi because um, the, their, their little local, um, what do you want to call it? Their like little factory, their coffee factory, is near our house. And every once in a while on my semi, I'll drive past it when they're cooking the beans or whatever it is they do because there's certain days they do that. And when that smoke is rolling or that steam or exhaust, whatever you want to call it, rolling from their factory and I drive past, all you smell is just an atmosphere of coffee. It smells so good. So good. Man, oh man, does it smell so good. But anyway, I like coffee. So, okay, let's get right into the reading here. So again, we're reading Genesis chapter 25 out of the New King James Version. Let me just pull something up here real quick. There we go. All right. So, New King James Version, chapter 25. This one is not as long as yesterday's reading, only about 34 verses. Yeah. So, we'll be talking about Abraham's death and burial, and then the families of Ishmael and Isaac. And then we will get to the tail end of this, where it talks about Esau sells his birthright. All right, so it reads, Abraham again took a wife, and her name was Keturah, and she bore him Zimran, Jakshan, Medan, Median, Ishbak, and Shua. Jakshan begat Sheba, oh, here we go with this lineage thing, Sheba and Dedan, and the sons of Dedan were Assyrium, Latushim, Lamem, and the sons of Midian were Ephah, Epher, Hanak, Ab- uh, Abedah, Elda, and all these were children of Keturah. Now, and Abraham gave all that he had to Isaac, but Abraham gave gifts to the sons of the concubines, which Abraham had. And while he was still living, he sent them eastward away from Isaac, his son, to the country of the east. This is the sum of the years of Abraham's life, which he lived, 175 years. Then Abraham breathed breathed his last and died in a good old age, an old man and full of years, and was gathered to his people. And his sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah, which is before Mamre, in the field of Ephron, the son of Zohar, the Hittite the field which Abraham purchased from the sons of Heth. There Abraham was buried and Sarah his wife. It came to pass after the death of Abraham that God blessed his son Isaac, and Isaac dwelt as Bir Lahai Roy. And by the way, if I am butchering any of these words, my apologies, because again, as I will always state um, on here, just a little quick, um, just a disclaimer. And then we'll get right back here in the reading. Like I said, remember, I, I'm not a biblical scholar, okay? Uh, I'm not an expert in the Bible. So if I mispronounce some of these things, uh, my apologies. Now, continuing. So, 
continuing on with the families of Ishmael and Isaac. So now this is the genealogy of Ishmael, Abraham's son, whom Hagar, the Egyptian, Sarah's maidservant, bore to Abraham. And these were the names of the sons of Ishmael by their names according to their generations. So brace yourself. Here we go. <laughs> the firstborn of Ishmael was Nabajath, then Kedar, Adbil, Mibsam, Mishma, Duma, Masa, Hadar, Tima, Jator, Napish, and Kedema. These were the sons of Ishmael, and these were their names by the towns and their settlements, twelve princes according to their nations. These were the years of their life of Ishmael, 137 years. And he breathed his last and died and was gathered to his people. They dwelt from Havilah as far as Shur, which is east of Egypt, as you go toward Assyria. He died in the presence of all his brethren. Now, this is the genealogy of Isaac, Abraham's son. Now, Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah as wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian of Padan Aram, the sister of Laban, the Syrian. Now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and, she, and the Lord granted his plea, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. But the children struggled together within her, and she said, If all is well, why am I like this? So she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb. Two people shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. So when her days were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed they were twins in her womb, and the first came out red. He was like a hairy garment all over, so they called him his name Isu. Afterward, his brother came out, and he took hold. He he took hold of Esau's heel, so his name was called Jacob. Isaac was sixty years old when she bore him. So the boys grew, and Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field. But Jacob was a mild man dwelling in tents, and Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game. But Rebekah loved Jacob. Now Jacob cooked a stew. And Esau came in from the field, and he was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, Please feed me with that same red stew, for I am weary. Therefore his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, Sell me your birthright as of this day. And Esau said, Look, I am about to die. So what is this birthright to me? And Jacob said, Swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank a rose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. And that is the reading of Genesis chapter 25, verses 1 through 34. It is interesting why he would want his birthright. Let's see what it says here in BibleRef.com here when it comes to the uh, summary, because that is very interesting. Like that doesn't really make sense to you, but let's let's read on and see what you know what the summary says here. So Genesis 25 records the death of both Abraham and Ishmael, as well as the births of Jacob and Esau, and the purchase of the most expensive bowl of stew in history. 
I'll say. Now, first, though, we learn about Abraham's other wife, Keturah, and scholars are divided about whether Abraham married Keturah before or after Sarah's death. Sorry, I had to take a sip of coffee. Now, she is listed elsewhere in the Bible as a concubine. When Sarah died at the age of 127, Abraham would have been nearly 140. Now, it would seem more likely than that Abraham took Keturah as a wife well before Sarah's death. But still, Abraham had six sons with Keturah, including Midian, who becomes the father of the Midianites. And though Abraham gave gifts to the sons of his concubines, Genesis is quick to tell us that he gave all he had to Isaac, his sole true heir. Now, Abraham died at the age of 175. Man, can you imagine living that long? I mean, that's an, an old man and full of years in that time. Isaac and Ishmael reunite to bury Abraham at the cave of Machpelah, where Sarah had been buried nearly 40 years earlier. That was that, um, that tomb, that area, the land and the field that, that was purchased for their family to be buried at. Now next, the chapter lists the 12 sons of Ishmael by birth order. The names of these princes become the names of the villages and encampments of the tribes that were, you know, that were their descendants. Now, these dozen groups settled to the east of what would become Israel. Now, Ishmael himself lived a good long life to the age of 137. Now, finally, though, as we get to Genesis, you know, Genesis 25 turns its attention to Isaac, which is now the patriarch. Now, as was the case with his mother, Sarah, his wife, Rebecca, does not become pregnant. In fact, 20 or so childless years end up passing them by. So at some point, Isaac prays to God and the Lord hears and answers and Rebecca becomes pregnant. Now, her pregnancy is so difficult that Rebecca approaches the Lord to ask him why. She receives a prophecy about the two nations in her womb that will be divided. The older will serve the younger. This prophecy likely makes more sense to her when she delivers twins. And so the firstborn is red and hairy, and they name him Isu. And the second is called heel grabber, Jacob, because he merged with Isu's heels in his hands. So the pair grow into very different sorts of men. Isu, the outdoorsman and hunter is loved by his father for bringing home the meat, and Jacob, a quiet stay-at-home fellow, is loved by his mother. Kind of like a mama's boy of, sor of sorts, right? So this is more than simple reference or preference. Later passages will show that each parent blatantly favors one child over the other, leading to further strife and rivalry. Now, this chapter ends with a scene between Jacob and Esau that flatters neither. Esau returns from the fields exhausted and asks for a bowl of Jacob's red stew, and Jacob demands Esau's birthright in exchange for the stew. He goes, yeah, I'll feed you, but you're going to give me your birthright. What? Esau foolishly agrees, swearing an oath to seal the deal. And Jacob gladly accepts the payment and shares what turns out to be lentil, lentil soup. Isn't that interesting? 
So he got deceived. Like he was supposed to get stew, right? Meat stew soup, but instead he got lentil soup. And he sold us pretty much. He sold his souls. What that sounds like to me. He's like, yeah, I'll give you a bowl of soup stew. If you want sell your soul to me, give me your birthright. What? That makes zero sense to me. I'd like to learn more about that, but yeah, that is very, very interesting. That is very, very interesting. So anyway, just looking at the chat here, everybody's just talking about saying hi to each other. We talk about their sleep patterns and who went to bed when. Let's see here. How many hours somebody slept? <laughs> Nancy says, how rude. It is rude. You, you ask your brother for a bowl of soup and and your brother basically says, yeah, I'll give you a bowl of my stew which wasn't even the real stew that he was expecting. But he says, yeah, I'll give you some stew. But you're going to sell me your birthright? What's that? That is very rude. That is so rude. How rude is it, Trump? Don't be rude. Yeah. Don't be rude. Yeah, don't be rude. That is very rude. I, I, I would really like to know what the purpose of that was. How rude! Yeah, it is very rude. So anyway... So that is, like I said, that's the reading of Genesis chapter 25. Um, but again, as a full disclaimer, because I like to make sure I put this out, I didn't want to do it fully in the middle of the reading, but I was just remembering because I know sometimes I can botch words and names because the names can get pretty hard to pronounce in the Bible. I do my best to kind of plow through it. Um, so when I plow through the names, it might be a little choppy. Well, like I said, I always state periodically on this podcast that you know, I'm not a doctor. I don't wear a white coat, not a financial advisor. So don't take your financial advice from me. Um, I'm a, I'm not a pastor, priest, deacon, or biblical scholar. I'm not a lawyer or an attorney. I'm not a member of the bar. So I don't give out legal advice. And I'm also not the official face or voice of the national state or county assemblies. And additionally, this is very important. I do not advocate for violence. I am my own man. And the opinions, thoughts, and statements are of my own unless I reference other material. So. You should all be very well of that, well aware of that, I should say. Now, um, there was something that I wanted to play here, if I can find it. So, obviously, so so the former president, Donald John Trump, and the reason I, I say former president for a reason, because you can't still be a president of something that has fallen to, you know, that, that's bankrupt and dissolved. But he is still commander in chief. All right. And to all those people that still think Biden is president, I hate to break it to you, he's not. And again, it, this is part of the plus plus part of the conversation. So if you're not really into this type of conversation, you only came here for the Bible reading and summary. This is now the point where we've kind of concluded now the, the Bible section. That's why there's a, a plus plus um, in the in the title or, or a plus sign in the title. Whenever you see a plus sign in the title, that typically means that we're going to have other conversations. Cause like I said, this is just a one show, uh, morning today. All right. So this is kind of where we combine two shows into the one, if that makes sense. <clears throat> but Trump apparently was at, uh, not apparently, but he was, he was in Waco. He is still commander in chief. And like I said, there is a lot of evidence that points to why Biden's not president. You just have to know, um, military code and how they do things, especially with what they play in their band. Um, it's very, very, it's very interesting. Um, but you know, 
like I said, I've already explained this in another show. So if you haven't heard it, then I guess I suggest going back and kind of going back a few here and listen. But um, let me go to one article here. So this was from RSBN, uh, the RSB network, the right side broadcasting network. Um, like I said, I try not to pull too much stuff from any news sources, but if I guess I'm going to pull anything from anywhere, it's going to be RSBN, OAN, or even Newsmax. Newsmax t- tends to be kind of at the bottom of my list. But um, right here, there's a headline that says, Trump makes promise to prevent World War III. And he says, and I quote, I will have that settlement done within 24 hours, end quote. Now, folks, if he makes the statement, I will have that settlement done within 24 hours, that should be very clear telling sign that Biden's not president. In fact, Biden's not even alive, like I said, but he's not even president. You're just seeing an actor. All right. It says right here, President Donald Trump made a solemn pledge on Saturday night that no other prospective presidential candidate could make by promising to, quote, swiftly end, end quote, the war in Ukraine if he is reelected as the commander in chief in 2024. Now, pay attention to these words. Pay attention to these words. If he is reelected as the commander in chief in 2024, not president. He says, as the commander-in-chief in 2024. There's a big, distinct difference there. He continues to stay, say, and I quote, standing before you today, I am the only candidate. I am the only candidate. This is a quote from Trump. Standing before you today, I am the only candidate, the only candidate who can make this promise. I will prevent World War III which we're heading into, end quote. Now he says, I am the only candidate. What does that tell you? It tells that anybody else that's in the establishment or even outside of the establishment, but we're going to say in the establishment, nobody can run. There's a reason for that. Remember, we already have a president. It's an interim president, but we have a president we know them by name, and especially those who are in the assembly. Well, if you're, if most people in the assembly, some people don't even know because they don't pay attention. They don't do their due diligence. They don't ask. But we already have a president, and that's for the de jure Republican form of government that's ran and operated by we the people. See, we the people are the civil power. The civil power is above the military. The military is subordinate to the civil power. Who's at the top of the military? That would be the commander-in-chief, Donald John Trump. Let's listen to what he said here in this one clip. Standing before you today, I am the only candidate who can make this promise. I will prevent World War III, which we're heading into which we're heading into. We're heading into World War III, and this will be a war like no other. Yeah. So you got to pay attention to what he's saying. And the article continues to say, the article continues to say, the 45th president asserted, and I quote, 
I will have that settlement done within 24 hours, end quote. Folks, he's not going to say something like that when somebody else is president. He's not going to say something like that. Excuse me. He's not going to say something like that when somebody else is, quote unquote, running the country. Remember, the military is the provisional government pending the outcome of the war. Well, what war, Jason? The war that's occurring, that's trying to subvert we, the people, from being able to take proper control of the reins of this country. Jason, that makes no sense. What are you talking about? What I'm talking about is until we reach an assembly of minimum, uh, we have to have a minimum amount of number, uh, a minimum number of states of 38 states of the 50 states we have here in America. 38 of them have to be assembled with at least 35 people per state in at least 38 states. When we have our 38 states, then and only then is when we can boot the de facto out and say, okay, well, technically here's the thing. The de facto is already out. Okay. It's dissolved. There's really no de facto except on the local level. Like, yeah, we're still paying our taxes. We still have to do all that stuff, but see, here's the thing. All those systems still stay in place. Again, provisional government military has basically taken oversight of all this stuff, but nothing can really be effectively changed or done except through we the people. So all the systems that are de facto, like paying our property taxes and our federal and state income tax, all that stuff, right? The military just can't come in and change those systems. They could provide oversight, again, provisional government, but they can't come in and do and make the changes willy-nilly. That's a, that's a job for we the people. That's a job for we the people. Okay, only we the people can do that. So there's there's that. So so anyways, so what I'm saying here is, you know, Trump is the commander in chief. The assembly of people are the ones that are in charge. Now, we do have a good amount of power, but we can't fully take over all these systems and and abolish what needs to be abolished and and keep what needs to be kept until the 38 states come into power here you know i say come into power but you know assemble so meanwhile trump is following the 21 requisitions that were put forward by the michigan general general assembly and signed by other assembly members that were around the nation that were in states that aren't quite fully that weren't quite fully assembled at that time So there is that. Now, <clears throat> let me go to another article here that I was seeing. Here's another one. This was also from RSBN. Um, this headline says, either the deep state destroys America or we destroy the deep state. This is President Donald Trump set the patriotic hearts of Americans ablaze on Saturday night during stirring remarks delivered in Waco, Texas to a crowd of thousands of freedom-loving citizens at a 2024 campaign rally. I find that funny. You know, see, we have to watch how words are used. See, RSBN might not know fully, but a citizen, let's remember what a citizen is. 
A citizen is somebody who is a public servant for the we the people. All right. Anybody who is in the legislative, judicial, or executive branch, they are classified as a citizen. All right. Um, I would probably venture out in saying that I think anybody that's an assembly member, because when you sign your jural covenant of office, um, maybe not so much an assembly member, but when you're an assembly member and you sign your JCO, you can then obviously run and be elected or nominated for a position and, you know, as like a statesman or president or a Supreme court justice or chief trustee or whatever. But when you become elected to be a actual servant at that point, you would be classified as a citizen. See citizens again are people who are public servants for the, we, the people. See, people, these, these news networks need to really understand these terminologies and what, you know, the differences between citizen and civilian and inhabitants and just free people. But let's listen to this. Uh, let's see. Is there a video clip on this one? Let's listen to what Donald Trump had to say here. The stakes of this election could not be more clear. Either we surrender to the demonic forces abolishing and demolishing and happily doing so our country, or we defeat them in a landslide on November 5th, 2024. See what he said there, the demonic forces. See, he understands that this is a spiritual war. Very interesting choice of words. The demonic forces. That's what the deep state is. It's a demonic force. Continuing. Either the deep state destroys America or we destroy the deep state. That's the way it's got to be. That's it. We're at a very pivotal point in our country. We are. We are at a very pivotal point in our country. You know what he's talking about? Here's what Trump is talking about. That pivotal point in our country is, a, is the point of which we, the people, need to start taking accountability for ourselves and our future for our posterity, you know, our children and grandchildren's future. And we need to come together, unite, assemble our states so we can actually have the proper government we were always supposed to have since 1861 and beyond. This is the pivotal point he's talking about. He's always said it during his campaigns, during his presidency, and even post-presidency, now just acting as commander-in-chief of the military. We are taking power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Have you listened to all the speeches that I put together in that compilation of the We the People anthem? If not, I suggest going back and looking it up. Maybe what I'll do is I'll pin that to the top of my uh, my Telegram page and to the top of my True Social so it's very easy for you to see. So he continues to say at that speech, he said, and I quote, I am your warrior, I am your justice, and I took a lot of heat for this one, for those who have been wronged or betrayed, of which there are many people that have been wronged and betrayed. I am your retribution. We will take care of it. We will take care of it, end quote. He also added, the stakes of this election could not be more clear. Either we surrender to the demonic forces abolishing and demolishing and happily doing so to our country, or we defeat them in a landslide 
on November 5th, 2024. Now, what's interesting is, so he, he's talking about 2024, right? Let's go to something else here. I find this very interesting. So another headline, this is on Newsmax now, where he says 2024 is the final battle. We're only one, we're the only ones who can stop them. Let's listen to that real quick. Maybe. Oh, it says an unknown error has occurred. Come on, refresh. Come on, Newsmax. Hold on. Maybe we won't have it. Hold on. Wow. Yeah, it won't play. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, now it won't play. That's cool. Well, anyways, I'll just read it here. It says, former President Donald Trump returned to the campaign rally trail Saturday night in Waco, Texas, saying 2024 is the final battle. See, what final battle would he be talking about? Why would 20, Why would election 2024 be the final battle? Why not 2028 or 2032? What's so special about 2024? Huh? See, there's a lot going on in this quote-unquote show that we're watching on TV, right? But there's also a lot going on in the background, which I'm not going to get into full details, that almost seem very parallel to what's going on. Like when I'm talking in the background, I'm talking about real life. There's a lot going on in the background that seems to be very parallel to what we see on TV. Now, he says that's going to be the big one, end quote. Trump told his crowd at the rally, which aired live on Newsmax, and he says, and I quote again, you put me back in the White House, their reign will be over, and America will be a free nation once again, end quote. That's very interesting. He continues to say, our enemies, and I quote, our enemies are desperate to stop us because they know that we are the only ones who can stop them. They know that you know there's never been a movement like this in the history of our country, probably in the history of almost every country. MAGA, make America great again. What movement could he be talking about? Oh, I don't know. Maybe the reassembly of the people. Because again, even though we've had an assembly of people once before, this is an even greater, bigger movement. Because when we get the reassembly of the states here in America, do you realize the worldwide positive repercussions that's going to come from that, the, 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 the worldwide positive um, outcomes that will come from that. We're talking like world peace scenario here. I mean, legit world peace. Because if the cabal gets their way, they will make this whole world a hell pit. Trump delivered the his point, uh, his pointed rebuke of all his opposing forces, including stupid warmongers, open border fanatics, radical left Democrats, and anti-Trump Republicans. Because remember, it's not just a Democrat-Republican thing. They're both on the same side. Why are Republicans anti-Trump? Because they know that he is working with we the people in assembly as commander-in-chief. 
Democrats hate him. Republicans hate him. Doesn't matter who they are, who you are, what side you are. Remember, Republicans and Democrats, the Una Party, the Una Kami Party, they are against we the people. They don't care about you and I. Rietta was saying right here, no other choice. We have to destroy the evil. Second Chronicles chapter seven, verse 14. <coughs> Excuse me. Nancy says, I'm excited to see it happen. Patriot Beagle says he can't come right out and say assembly of the people and the normies can't read between the lines about what he's really saying. You know, I've always wondered that why I think there, I, somebody did explain to me why he can't say the assembly of the people. I forgot what it was. There, there was a reason why. Because I, I asked Destry that. I should ask him that again. I forgot the answer. But there is a reason why he can't say the assembly of the people. But if you can read carefully between the lines, it, it's very, very clear. Especially if you're part of the assembly. Um, let me just continue reading here. Uh, it says, when the election is over, this is a quote now. He says, when the election is over, I will be the president of the United States. Now, he doesn't say the United States of America, which I find still kind of interesting, of the United States, because, again, the United States is a corporation. You will be vindicated and proud, and the thugs and criminals who are corrupting our justice system will be defeated, discredited, and totally disgraced, Trump said. That's what's happening. See, again, he can't be president of the United States of America, because we, again, we already have a lawful president in the de jure of America. He says in a new moment for Trump's rallies, or excuse me, this is a part of the article in a new moment for Trump's rallies, Trump and his supporters put their hands over their hearts for the charity song justice for all recorded by Trump and the J six prison choir, a choir, what a choir of 20 January six defendants. There's a J6 prison choir? I did not know that was a thing. But it says that song, and I quote, that song tells you a lot because it's number one in every single category, Trump began. Number two was Taylor Swift. Number three was Miley Cyrus. So we have our moment, and that tells you that our people love those people, meaning the J6 people. Interesting. He says, Seven years, you and I have been taking on the corrupt, rotten, and sinister forces trying to destroy America, and they've been trying to destroy it, Trump said. They're not going to do it. And the last quote here, I'll just say, it says, but they do get closer and closer with rigged elections. They get closer and closer. We've been the ones in this fight standing up to the globalists and standing up to the Marxists and communists. That's what they are, end quote. Very, very interesting choice of words, though, here in a lot of this stuff. So, like I said, we just got to be very diligent, very, very aware of what's going on. Got to know exactly what's going on. Right. And but again, you know, it, there's some things that kind of make me wonder, um, make me wonder, like, OK, you, you vote for me, you put me back, you know, as president of the United States in 2024. Well, you can't, again, you can't be president of something that's dissolved and gone. And as far as the being the president of the United States of America, we already have a lawful president of the United States of America. So, you know, 
I'm a little confused at what he says regarding that. That's if I'm going to completely clear with you guys. That's a little like, what? What are you talking about? Uh, let's see. Rietta was saying we have a court hearing April 17th regarding elections here in Southern California. We could use your prayers for victory. It's a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Nancy was saying, wait, what about Miley and Taylor? No, what he was saying is with that one song that there that they had that was by the January 6th choir, I guess um, it came ahead as number one on the charts going above Miley Cyrus, uh, whatever, Taylor Swift and Miley Cyrus or whoever those people are. Basically, people that are pretty much, you know, sickos. That's what he was saying, because, you know, Miley Cyrus and and uh, Taylor Swift, are, they're quote unquote, such popular people among, you know, the public that this January 6th choir song came number one ahead of these two, I think is what he was saying. Now, who knows? That could have been that could have been. um yeah, I, I agree with you. Why wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're a true American and love America, yeah, why wouldn't it? You know, Taylor Swift and Miley Cyrus are both freaking weirdies, and yeah, I don't like them. Anyway, so, um, but that's really about all I got for you guys today. Not a whole lot on the agenda. Like I said, the reason I'm doing a one-show uh, podcast today is because, like I said, it's my mom. My mom's here uh, for, uh, well, all this week, and then I think she flies back next week sometime. But today is the last my four day weekend, which absolutely sucks. It absolutely sucks. You know what I feel about that? Yep. It sucks. I am just so sad. I do not want to go back to work. I do not want to go back to passing gas. I don't want to do any of that. Um, kids, how do we feel about Jason going back to work? Yeah, I'm with you. Boo. That is not good. Oh, I tell you, I tell you, I tell you, I tell you. Anyway, but um, uh, let's see. Can you answer Rietta's question? What question was that? Let me go back up. Did I miss it? Like I usually miss Destry stuff. Let me see. Let me scrolling. I'm scrolling. How are we looking on the amount of states close to assembling? Uh, again, very, 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 very close um, with a lot of them. Um, especially if you attend, here's the thing I'll tell you, let me let you guys all in a little secret. This is very interesting here. Now this is top secret. If you actually, if you attend the, um, the national assembly call, and again, you can find all that information on national. I haven't given this website out in a while. I feel bad. I've, I've been derelict in my duties of trying to put out the assembly website out, um, national hyphen assembly.net that's national hyphen assembly.net and you can go and click on the conference call link it has all the information so you can either join it on freeconferencecall.com or there is a number you can click on it very easy uh you can join in every thursday evening at 9 p.m eastern daylight time and believe it or not so again back to answering the question i'm not trying to avoid answering the question so to be clear, we're still at 16 states. Okay, that's number one. All right. So I'm going to just say we're still at the 16 states, but there was a ton of states. I want to say there was like 10 or 11 states, to my knowledge, last I heard, that are so, so, so close. States that, you know, Wisconsin, New Jersey, Minnesota, New Mexico, 
um, I believe Washington State, Ohio. I mean, there's so many states that are so close. They're just, they need a couple more people to actually have the full amount of people they need to have a assembled state. So then they can put out their public notice. There's a lot of states that are like right there. Um, but you can actually hear the progress on a weekly basis because they do a state, a national report where they talk about these things. So if you want to know more, just tune into that. You don't have to listen to the whole call because after they go to, you know, after they do their general, you know, discussions of what's going on, they do their, their national report and what's going on with different states and how many states are, you know, they, they, cause they do give a progress report. Then they get into the educational part of the call, which is on the tail end of it. Then you can hang up if you want. I mean, I, I'd encourage everybody to stay on it, but yeah, if you want to know more, seriously, if you want a weekly update, if I don't provide it, that national hyphen, you know, that national assembly conference call is the key right there. I'm telling you. That is the key. I'm, I'm telling you, it, it's really awesome. Um, Rietta was saying, I usually do. Okay, Jason, can Nancy say what she wants to? Pretty please. Uh, yeah, let me see here. Wait, see, I'm just reading the chance. Can we say it here, Jason? Oh, yeah, I absolutely. She says, Nancy, what did they want to announce? I had a, I'm like just reading some of the stuff here. Uh, I was there for the announcement. I loved it. Yeah, go ahead. No, please. <laughs> What, I'm just trying to see uh, if you put it in the chat. I don't know if you want to put it in the chat. Drum, oh, wait, wait, wait. I think I have a drum roll. Hold on, hold on. Do I have a drum roll? Hold on. I'm pretty sure I have a drum roll. Wait for it. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Where is it at? Not the punchline drum. I thought I had a drum roll. Oh, I know where it's at. Hold on. It's in a different part. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Um, well, darn. I thought I had a drum roll. I don't. Wait a minute. Yes, I do. Here it is. Hold on. <laughs> Where's it at? Here it is. All right. What's the announcement? I got to see it on the chat here now. I'm getting all excited. Getting all excited. Brietta says, I am in suspense. Let's see here. Says martial law will be starting in the next few weeks to get us assembled. Yeah, you know, that's what I remember hearing on the national call, actually. As a matter of fact, that's what I remember hearing that uh, a martial law would be occurring for the states that aren't assembled. So let me be clear, because I remember hearing that um, for the states that aren't assembled. There will be a, a, you know, a physical form of the of martial law to because, again, people we need time is of the essence, ladies and gentlemen. Time is of the essence there. We have to get our states assembled. And, yeah, that is very I mean, like I said, it is very interesting. I heard the same exact thing that Nancy was putting right here on the on the chat that was on the uh, that was on the uh, one of the national calls that people can join in and call in on. So the states that aren't assembled, that's going to occur because we have to have the people understand what's going on. Rietta was saying, will the states understand what needs to be done in order to get out of the martial law? I mean, see, here's the thing. Actually, technically, we've always been under a state of martial law since 18, what was it? Pretty much the late 1800s, like late 1871. Like we've always been technically, uh, 
since Abraham Lincoln, excuse me, not 1871, but since Abraham Lincoln's presidency, we've always been under a form of state of martial law. Now, what that will look like in a few weeks, I don't know. That is going to be very interesting. But I did, I did hear that on the national call, that there will be a form of, you know, um, a, a different form of type of martial law for the states that aren't assembled. Let me see. I'm just continuing to read here. Uh, Rietta says, how will they find out? Nancy says, that's what I meant about kicking us in the butts to get us moving. Yeah. Yep. No, absolutely. Because the thing is, is people are just too, they're too tired or excuse me. They're too apathetic. They're too distracted. They're too self-absorbed in their life. They're too, um, uneducated for lack of a better term. And so what do we have to do to get these other states going? I'm with you, Rietta. I hate seeing the prisoners of war flags, you know, the Palmia prisoners of war missing in action flags. You know, yeah, I hate seeing those. She says, I hate seeing the POW flags now that I understand what it stands for. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Who are the prisoners of war that are missing in action? I don't know. I'm not saying it's the actual soldiers. It could be meaning us. We are the prisoners of war. And we have been missing in action since 1861. Does that make sense? It makes sense to me. But how will the uninformed, Rietta says, how will the uninformed learn what they need to do? Well, well, um, that, well, you bring up a good question, and I don't think I can answer that one quite yet. Um, quite yet. <laughs> we'll just say that. Um, there, there, there is, there obviously is a way that, um, I don't know if it's a, the EBS, but there definitely would be a broadcast of, of some sorts that would instruct what, again, what JFK was trying to do all along, how to put this information out to the public before, you know, cause again, there was information he was putting out. I mean, there was, there was mailers that were supposed to go out back during JFK's presidency that was supposed to go out around to all the people in America on how to re re uh, claim their their land again, right? How to how to resettle, how to how to reassemble to gain the power back to the people. On top of you know you know bringing back silver certificates and making sound money using precious metals, that was the other thing. He was you know one of the many reasons why he got taken out is because he was trying to teach Americans how to re you know regain power of government by assembling. And so I think, what was it? Three days, you know, when he basically got knocked out, I believe if I recall correctly, it was three days prior to when those mailers were supposed to go out. It was three days prior to those mailers having to be mailed out. And somewhere in this country, in a warehouse deeply hidden, those flyers still exist. 
But since nobody really checks their mail anymore, and if they do check their mail, they're throwing out anything that's junk mail, the only other form of getting the information out on how to assemble your county and state is through a televised broadcast. Now, again, what that looks like, I don't know. I just know that a certain somebody out there is getting a lot of money done to their teeth to make sure that, you know, it's, it's you know, yeah, cosmetically uh, or aesthetically, you know, uh, professional and everything like that to make sure that there's a proper appearance for the television and all that good stuff. But, yeah, that's the only way to do it, not through mailers, but through a televised thing. So that's a very good question. That's a very good question. I'd be very excited to see how that looks, to be honest with you. I think it'd be kind of cool. But people need to wake up. People need to wake up. So I think what we need to do is we should end this in prayer because I just got a chat somewhere in here. My wife is saying breakfast is almost done. Thank you to the wife. Um, Let me find the prayer that, let me, I got to go back up a chop a little bit here. Okay, so I want to make sure I add this into the prayer here. So Heavenly Father, we want to say thank you for this time together and thank you for another day of life and good health. Appreciate all that you do. We want to keep California, Southern California in our prayers because I guess they have a big uh, court hearing April 17th regarding the elections there and their, in their state. And we pray for an, a victory there. Um, but overall, what we want to make sure is we want to pray for our country. We want to make sure that we can get our country assembled and settled all the states, all the counties, so we can finally have power back in the hands of we the people once and for all, and we can evict the de facto systems out once and for all. We thank you for all that you do, all that you are, and thank you for providing us the path that you need us to walk on and just continue shining the light in our pathway so we can always stay on the road that we need to be on. And when it gets rough, Always give us the fortitude and know-how to stay on that path. No matter how hard it gets, no matter how rocky or no matter how tough that path gets, keep us on that path. And um, we just want to say guide our thoughts, our words, as well as our actions so that they may always be in alignment with your divine plan. And as Rietta says right here in the chat, Father, how awesome you are. We know you are in control and you have amazing things coming our way. Thank you, Lord. In your son's name, Jesus Christ, we pray all this. Wait, let me make sure. Amen. I had to scroll down because I saw one more comment come through. I wanted to make sure so nobody else had anything else to add. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. Amen. I hope you all have a good day, a good rest of your weekend. And uh, remember... Share this podcast far and wide. Share the website, www.hishardline.com. And share the podcast. You can copy the link and send it to people via text message and email and smoke signals and sign language and whatever else you know how to communicate. Draw it on paper. Leave it on people's windshield wipers. I don't care how you got to do it. Share the website. (laughs) So, all right. We'll see you back here tomorrow evening, ladies and gentlemen. God bless. And suddenly, a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and woke him. Lord, save us. We perish. Why are you fearful? Oh, you of little faith. 
Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was a great calm. So the men marveled. Who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? Thank <laughs> you.